It's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS and 93.9 FM as well. With you until 6 o'clock, phone line is open, 217-356-9397, as Mr. Honda said in the uh, intro right there. Happy to be with you this evening on this July the 18th. Matt Daniels on vacation, Scott Ritchie back from vacation little trade out there who's got the who got the better end of that deal I guess depending on what uh, what day I ask you right last week you had the better of the deal and today Matt does and today Matt does indeed we'll miss Matt but uh, he'll be back with us did you uh, get some downtime last week yeah I took a trip to South Carolina to see some friends and spend some time uh, a lot of time actually yeah around their pool and then was in Chicago this past weekend you know, saw the Cubs actually win a game in the month of July. I think it, was their, I think it was their first. And they beat the Mets, so Bob Thank is, you. is Appreciate happy. That. The, the NL East leading Mets. Right. Well, the Cubs are 35-57 and 57 at the All-Star break, having gone 1-9, and nine, I think. They lost 9 of their last 10. Yeah, because they lost both ends of the doubleheader on Saturday. Right. And extra innings. Yeah, both. And then, yeah, it was not a... Know, not always a well-executed game on Sunday, <laughs> but uh, the Cubs did win, and uh, I was not exactly rooting for them, but uh, I was re- I was just rooting for baseball. Uh, just a chance to hadn't been to Wrigley in a dozen years and to see it, you know, all renovated. Nobody wants to see the Mets win the East. No, nobody wants. To. You don't want to. You don't want a Subway Series for the no, World Series. No, nobody. Literally, Yankees nobody. And Mets? Nobody outside New York wants that. And I'm not sure even people in New York want to see that. So, no, we don't want to see that. We've got the All-Star break. The Home Run Derby is tonight, if you're inclined to watch uh, that uh, for entertainment. The All-Star game tomorrow night. Cardinals are 50-44. and 44. They were rained out in their uh, scheduled game yesterday against Cincinnati. They're a half game back of Milwaukee, who is kind of uh, struggling into the break. The Cardinals playing just about 500 ball lately, but they picked up three games in the last week on the Brewers to, tra- uh, to trail them by just a half game. Um, the White Sox are 46-46, and 46, finally got it to 500 and kept it there at least uh, for a couple of games and only three games back of the Twins in uh, their division. So what were, the, what, what were the Braves this time last year? They were 500. Uh, way, be, way, way under 500 yeah. and not even close to the World Series, not thinking about the World Series. And I was uh, very dismayed. But this year I'm, I'm better. I'm feeling better about things now. Even though there are a couple of games, as Scott pointed out, behind the Mets, but it's a blip. It's not a big deal. So is the All-Star game um, scheduled entertainment for you? Will you watch? Oh, absolutely. Will you watch tonight, too? Oh, absolutely. My whole life. Literally literally since I was 
first watched baseball probably age nine or eight. Has it lost any of its luster for Not you? Not a bit. Not a bit. No, in fact, I don't get when people say I don't like it anymore. It's like, well, okay, that's fine. Go away. I don't care what you're thinking, but I'm going to watch it because I like to see the players. I love, frankly, the introductions. At the beginning you? of the game, yeah. I think that's a cool event, and I like the whole thing. And, and I think you guys want to win. Plus, this year, there's a ton of Braves in the game. Not all of them are going to play. There's a bunch, bunch of guys. I'm used to many years where there's one Brave, and the guy might pinch hit it in the seventh inning. So I was like, okay, I didn't, that was didn't, didn't do much for me. But now they have a team, so I look forward to it. What about you, Scott? Yeah, I'll probably watch. Although my one gripe, and this is with every All Star game, is I would prefer if like the players wore their actual uniform. Yeah, they used I, to I do agree. that. They used to do. Yeah, that. I like that. Yeah, I think. But the NBA good. moved away from that, and it's kind of bounced back and forth. But like, that's what you know. You were used to seeing Ronald Acuna in a right. Braves uniform. Mm-hmm. And then Maybe they were worried about confusion. You yeah, guys, but if you know, yeah. one team wears the whites, the other right. team wears yeah. their road jersey, and it should be fine. I think that's a great idea. I, I think, think every right. team has a gray version yeah. of the road jersey. And that's just a, a really minor, probably stupid gripe, but it's what I, I have opinions about uniforms. That's reasonable. I think that make, it would make sense. They probably should do that. What about the home run derby? Are you going to be into that? Yeah, just uh, I'll watch, see what Albert Pujols does. Um, He'll get the, tired the, pretty quick, I would think. Well, he's 42, <laughs> and there's some, some <laughs> there's a lot of young guys in there. And the, the format's a little different. You don't, uh, I mean, it's a little more taxing on, on you than it used to be. Yeah, um... So I just, I mean, have to watch, see what Albert does. Um, I mean, he'll be the surprise eight seed and come out of nowhere. But uh, after, I don't know, I mean, I saw Pete Alonzo just really disappoint me yesterday. Like, was sitting in the bleachers just in the power alley for right-handed batters, and he, I was, like, counting on Pete Alonzo to hit a home run my way, and he did not. So I will not be rooting for him. I'll be, I hope he gets tired. I hope he takes way too many swings, gets really worn out, and can't do anything. That, next that classic – Overexert yourself in the home run derby, and yeah, then you, you lose your power swing for the I'm rest of the season. I'm a little bit worried about Ronald doing the same thing, so <laughs> it's not not exactly a great night potentially. What, what about the uh, major league draft? How much attention have you guys paid to that? Um, a little, I guess, and mostly just the curiosity of you know what it's kind of a, a continuing trend of you know the sons of major leaguers mm-hmm. being top right. prospects, and you know Matt Holliday's son Jackson was the number one overall pick uh, yesterday. So that, that's just. Interesting to and me. And Andrew Jones's son, I went number two, two, yeah. two. So pretty cool. And in Kamara Rocker, three. Kamara Rocker, maybe the best known of the whole field. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted last year. Didn't sign because of like some concern about you know, his shoulder. His shoulder, right? Like wound up playing in like the Frontier League a little bit in the last year, right. but he obviously might be really good. a super talented pitcher yeah. out of Vanderbilt. So an interesting guy to watch. But then like. You know, Mark McGuire's son, you know, the Cubs drafted him. You know, Mason, um, C.C. Sabathia's son, it'll probably be drafted. Carl Crawford's son was a first-round pick. I mean, it's just like all these guys that I that right. I grew up watching, now their sons are, you know, in the going to be in the minor leagues. So amazing how many great players are had their dads play, and and they almost are always better. The, the second generation, not always. I mean, but, uh, Barry Bonds, big cheater, was better than his dad. <laughs> As, a, his, but his dad was really, really good. But there's so many uh, Colorado, I mean, uh, um, Black Rare, saying uh, it's close. I'd still take dad right yeah, now. Yeah, dad, dad's a Hall of Famer. So I, mean, I, I think right now, but uh, it's so cool to see this. this the Bijos. You know, well, most of them play for the Blue Jays right now. Tatis. Right. Tatis. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, definitely the kid's better than dad there. He is. But dad had a four, 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 four baggers in the game, so right. pretty good. He hit um, two grand slams in the same inning. Off right. the same pitcher. Off the same. Right. Chan, Chan Ho Park that's not sure why goes he down in history. That's, that's <laughs> the big question. Why, why in the world was he in there for a second? For the second one, it's like, what are you thinking about there? Well, it might have been a case where you know, he burned all the relievers the day before, and it's like, well, you've got to pitch six innings no matter what. Right. At the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Let's go to Peter, who has a couple of questions. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, first question is for Scott. I, I thought I had heard on the radio that the new recruit, Zachary Perrin, was not a great shooter, like only shooting 53% from the free throw line. What are, what are his uh, stats from the field and three-point range? And then the second question is for Bob. Uh, is Athlon going to have a college football magazine this summer? I, I've been looking all over town and, and just went up to Barnes & Noble today. They usually have the best selection. I haven't found one anywhere. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Okay, thanks. thanks. Peter, I wrote for that magazine. I have a copy. and They, they do have it. In fact, I found I bought next one at, at Barnes & Noble. So I think they do have it. Maybe they're out. That's a good sign, actually. But there aren't a whole lot of others. I think there may be one or two others, and that's about it. So I think the one uh, Lindy's is also available. You have to buy it online. You have to go. You have to order it. What about Phil Steele? Does he have uh, Yeah, I think that one's always later. Okay. It's very big and very good. And then on the Zachary uh, Prane front, yeah, he did shoot 53% or, or so from the free throw line this past year um, in his French league, which is not great, admittedly. Um, shot like, from the field was – in the upper 50s, which is solid. It didn't take a ton of threes, shot like 25%, but there's, I think, potential there. Uh, but, yeah, probably should figure out that whole free throw thing because um, there's nobody guarding you. Probably should make more than half of them. Um, Shaq said. Yeah. And, again, like, I'm not sure what his role will be, you know, this season, uh, especially because he, he's, going, he's going to miss all of the summer workouts you know, because he's still playing with the other French U18 team. Um, so, He'll, I think he'll have some time just to maybe work on his game, you know, this year. Probably, I don't foresee him playing a, a big role, but maybe he does. Like, I could be totally wrong. Well, if he's still playing with an organized team, he, he ought to be in a situation where he should be working on his game, right? Yeah, it's Even just – Even before he gets here. Yeah, so, I mean, from an individual standpoint, like, his skills can keep going, but, like, it's a matter yeah. of his fit with everybody else on, you know, the Illinois roster, kind of where, where he'll be there. Um I mean, a backup role, uh, if anything, would be my guess. So we'll see when he gets here uh, in, later in August. But, uh, again, yeah, could stand to just maybe shoot 1,000 free throws a day <laughs> until he figures out how to make a few more. By the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. What number? He's eligible to run for president now. 35? 35. Wow. Are you older than Matt? No, Matt's a year older. Okay. I, w- I would say Matt. Yeah, I think, yeah, Matt looks a little bit older than you. <laughs> weathered. He's more weathered. <laughs> you can say that because he's, he's not here. So Yeah. You're, you're safe. By the way, you had a little field trip over the weekend. I did. Tell us about that. Went to the Field of Dreams. My nephew played in a tournament. He's from a play, playing a team down by St. Louis. They went up there and played five games. They won all five. They won the tournament. So That's in cool. the state of Iowa. What's and that near? It's near... Dyersville is the t- community. It's like three miles from Dyersville. Okay. So it's p- a beautiful place. I'd never been there, obviously. And it was. it's really, really cool. Now, quaint. what's Dyersville near a town that we've uh, all heard of? Dubuque. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So d- it's probably 
maybe half an hour from Dubuque. So it's you know you got to get there intentionally. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's great little town, and uh, but the place itself, uh, they off, they ask you to give a I, I can do the air quotes on the radio, but it does, it does no good. Twenty dollar donation. So you give them twenty bucks. So I can pour. I was there twice, so forty bucks. But it's it's worth it. It's really cool. And I was thinking about this, and I would would like somebody to give me an answer to this. Are there other movie sets in the country that are still like this active? I couldn't think of any off the top. Of, and I'm not talking just sports movies, but I wonder if there is, are there act, you know active movie sites that people go and visit. Like this is, I mean, there was a ton of people there. There's not like five people there. It was like hundreds of people that we saw there the couple of days. So you might be able to Google that. I, I mean the the gym know. from Hoosiers like it's well right yeah. that's there yeah you can go like yeah. visit it put up get, get some shots in work on your free throws right maybe. that's cool that's not in there's obviously no Hickory but yeah I, there's no Hickory Eye but but somebody told me where it is what town is that in <sighs> that's I can't question remember. I drive that's past it like every time I go to Ohio really? State okay Dave Dave Burleson yeah so knows that but anyway yeah it's it's really I think for people who have not been there. We had a great reason to go because of my nephew, but it was really, really fun and really cool. And you don't need to spend ten hours there. Right, you, an hour or two is enough. But it was really neat. And they let you go out in the corn, come out of the corn. Is that farmhouse still there? Oh up, yeah, up it's, on the hill. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, the whole place. I can see why the producers and Kevin Costner came out and said, "Yes, we're here. This is it," because it's, it's stunning. But yes, but you, they let you go out in the corn. And come out of the corner and take a picture, which everybody does. We did. I did. Uh, hopefully, that'll be in favor later in the week. And the good thing is that this time of year would be the time to go. Because, like, you go there in October, there's no corn, right? The corn's cut down. There's right. nothing there. So you got to go now. Or not go now or next month or so. Otherwise, it's going to be gone. But it's really worth, worthwhile. Before we get totally off baseball, any other baseball draft uh, Tidbits you have there for us, Scott? Yeah, a couple. Um, you know, the alma mater, EIU, had a, mm-hmm. a pitcher drafted in the sixth round, Hayden Birdsong. Actually, he's from Mattoon as well, so a local kid, you know, in that area. And then there's one so far, um, future Illini drafted, um, Dylan O'Ray. Um, would, you know, be a, a freshman you know, this coming season? Uh, I sort of doubt. He'll wind up in Champaign. He was drafted in the third round. The slot for that pick, he should receive a $600,000 bonus. Um, uh, middle infielder from Canada, played um, for a team, I think a summer team, was coached by Chris Robinson, his former Illinois catcher, also Canadian. Um, so uh, not a guarantee that he signs with the Milwaukee Brewers, of course. Maybe he's just dead set on the college education, but I'd be surprised. 600K is a, a lot to pass up. One more, one more baseball thing, Michael Bassey. Yes. That was really cool. He got, what, three hits now, I think, in so the big far, after, I think he's hitting 375, so yeah. pretty good start. And obviously kind of a weird way to make your debut because everybody's not, not the whole team is. Timing is everything. Bob. Well, but I don't understand those guys not getting their shots. I think if the team right. was better, they probably would. But anyway, great for him. And well, well deserved. Probably past due. He should have been in, up earlier in the year. Five twenty-five, hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more. Stay with us right here on DWS. 
Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, a weekly podcast with Pete Ritter, Scott Ritchie, who focuses in on a freshman who made the biggest gains this summer, Sky Clark. Welcome back to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, hour number two. As we hit 5.30, we're here until 6. If you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. We're going to talk some Illinois basketball before we're done today, but let's uh, talk a little Illinois football. Chase Brown, named the uh, Maxwell Award watch list today, Bob, for the uh, College Football Player of the Year. That's a good little bit of uh, preseason recognition. He'll, he'll get a lot of things. Uh, I think Doak Walker is on the watch list there. I assume he is. If he isn't, he will be. Yes. So he, he's going to have some opportunity to impress people this year. I think when you have a 1,000-yard season, you come back, and your line is pretty good. So you, you have a chance to – Get some recognition. Again, he's a good guy and has had a nice career here so far. And I think will continue. I think if he plays super two more years, he's going to get way high up in that all-time list. I don't think he gets to Holcomb, but gets close. He'd have to have a couple pretty good years to, to get well, close to that. But if you gain 2,000 a year, you'd be right on top of him. But I'll think that. <laughs> plus, then he'd be gone, right? So yeah, if, th- if Chase rushed for 2,000 yards this he, year, he will he, not come back. He'll not be coming back. And the other thing about him is that I think for his career, running backs, to me, if you're good like he's going to be, getting 1,000 yards this, this year, he almost has to go pro. Because that time frame is so short. Those guys play four or five years, and it's it. That's it. He rushed for 1,005 yards last year. I had the number because I wrote about it. It changed, actually. It went down three yards. Or it might have went up. It changed between the end of the season and the season started. Did not play a full season either. Right. So He had some injury issues early. Uh, So he could have a a terrific year this year. I mean, a lot that's going to, you know, kind of a rebuild offensive line will dictate a little bit of that, but. Yeah, the, in my career covering Illinois, the standard bearers for a running back are Richard Manuel was awesome, McCullough Shore was awesome, and Holcomb. And those three, they aren't a whole lot different than different kind of runners, but Chase Brown has a lot of the same qualities that those three have. Um, I'm not sure. Richard was the fastest of those guys, so I think he had kind of a speed advantage, maybe more explosive than the other guys, but all of them are really good, and I think this guy can be like that. Chase Brown, one of uh, three players that Illinois will send, along with head coach Brett Bielma. I think uh, the U of I is working on their strategy to confuse the rest of the Big Ten media by Correct. sending a pair of twins. Well, it depends on if, if the hair is the same or not the same. Right. Because people are, yes, it's already. And they won't have a jersey on. So Well, right. I mean, for, like Chase did cut his hair. Right, that's and, right. And Sydney's still got the long hair, and I. I don't think he's going to cut it. You wouldn't think. So they should be fine. Yeah. But the uh, it's it's a nice story. Of course, they have twins that are good, high-level players from Canada. That adds to it, too. So it's a nice story, and I think they will be uh, – they're good talkers. They're, that's a good good idea to send those two. So those two and uh, Quan Martin, right. defensive back, will be, represent the U of I. Big Ten Media Days next week. Correct. Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe. Yep. I think Illinois is on the Wednesday. Uh I used to like having all of them, you know, one right after the other in one day. But that's it was kind of overwhelming. This is a little more spread out, a little easier to handle. So we'll just worry about half the teams. And I'm not even sure which teams are there, Scott. Which teams are not there on Wednesday? That's a good question. Like, it's, it's half the West. 
basically. So yeah. it's fun. It's a great time to learn things. It's a great time to see people. I didn't get to go last year because of some stuff. So I'm looking forward to going back. Yeah, Wednesday is Illinois, Michigan State, Ohio State. Okay, that's cool. Which is bringing two of their Heisman candidates. That's nice of them. Uh, Penn State, Purdue, Rutgers, which is bringing his punter. And but their punter's a stud. And he's, he's from he's Australia, and, and he's, yeah. you got to talk Great to player. him. And then Wisconsin. No yeah. kidding, a punter from Australia? Yes, <laughs> yeah. who knew? But he's, he's their candidate. I think they have never had the national award winner in an individual award. Rutgers has never had that. This could be the guy. So Brett Bielma will talk to the media on uh, at 10-15 on Wednesday of next week. Right. And then throughout the day there as well. I'm going to ask both you guys, as you look at this Illinois football team, what do you feel good about, first of all, Bob? Well, You run, mentioned Chase Brown. Well, running game. Yeah. The running game with two things. The fact they've got players, the fact that the new offense coordinator clearly values running. So I think that'll be a critical part of this offense. So, I, yes, I think the running game is solid and maybe better than solid. I think you would agree with that, uh, Scott. So I'll bounce concerns off of you. Well, I mean, it's the other side of that offensive coin. It's the passing game. Right. Because, right. A, exactly. who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, it's probably Tommy DeVito. That's done. I, Art Sikowski is a lot of swagger in that guy, and he'll be healthy in camp. Maybe he pushes Tommy. I mean, I don't think he will, but maybe he pushes Tommy DeVito. Makes it interesting. Well, it's good to have a guy that has played because yeah. they get in trouble. Because when's the last time Illinois just had a single quarterback uh, never. for a season? No, but Nathan Shieldhouse? Yes. Probably goes back to him. Probably yeah, yeah. Juice, Juice, Juice Williams was one that year. Uh, did he? Did yeah, he make it through a full season? One year, a full year. Yeah. Of like, one year out of his entire career where he was healthy. But then the, the other side is like, I think the real concern is, after Isaiah Williams, who's going to catch the ball? And also, right. can you get Isaiah Williams the ball enough? Right. And the, the passing game, like it, it has to be better. I mean, because the defense is going to know one's going getting the ball, one's getting the ball all the time. Well, you definitely need another receiver or three, yeah. <laughs> and, and, to, and tight to step up and, yeah, and th- be in the game plan of the opposing team. This will be the year that Illinois uses the tight end. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> you got, they okay, got guys. <laughs> I mean, how many guys. times has that sentence been uttered? But they've got guys. Well, Luke sure. Ford's but, there the, and but Luke Ford's been here like for four years now, almost. And I think Tipper Ironman's pretty good too. So I think they're okay there. Yeah, we'll but see. Like, we'll see. I think that. I mean, that's the thing every year. It's like, oh, the tight ends are going to get the ball, and then they never ever do. Right. I mean, Daniel Barker left because he wasn't didn't get the ball enough. Yeah, Michigan State's feeling they got a. Christmas present there, I think. Yeah, he, that's gonna be he's interesting. A, he's a talented he, guy. They come to town here; they'll be interesting. Yeah, Talking like he played such a key role in beating Michigan State in the bowl year, and right? Then now he comes back with the Spartans, exacts his revenge. Cra- their crazy revenge. Crazy year, yeah. Defensively, your, well, your thoughts about the strength and maybe the concern on that side of the ball. Well, they got some good parts across the board. Ed linebacker, linebacker to me looks probably the best. But they don't have what you see is a hands down like obvious Kirby. Who's the who's the Kirby Joseph of this team? Of this unit, you have to have a guy that makes plays beyond tackles and not going to pass away. You need a guy that picks the ball off and do all does it does all of these. Well, things. as you wrote, was that over the weekend? Who's going to be the that guy? Who's going to be somebody you right. really haven't heard about yet? Right, that's what you need. Yeah. And I'm not sure who that is. We'll we'll see. But uh, yeah, they need more of that. And I think. This team, defensively and offensively, 
they're not very many injuries away from being deep, deep trouble, or or not trouble, but having to rely on people that aren't probably ready. I mean, I think at every level defensively, there's a question mark. Because on there the line, is. like Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton could right. be could stars, be really good, yeah. But who's going to play in between them? Right. Um, at, at linebacker, I mean, at edge rusher, you're replacing both your starters. Right. At you know the inside linebackers, I think. You know, Tariq Barnes is back. That's great. Good player, C.J. Yeah. Hart had a terrific three quarters against Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. then didn't play the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, everything I've heard about him, it sounds like he's pro- it's promising. Yeah, I think. Him. I mean, he showed he like he be could healthy. be really good. Yeah. And then the secondary, you got to replace Kirby Joseph. And then I, I don't think it's maybe discussed as much, uh, but you have to replace Tony Adams. And right. Like he lost his job last year, but then battled back and took it and, right. and finished the year really strong. And that's another hole that you have to fill. And, and something else we haven't talked about at all, and it's probably more critical than we're bringing up, special teams. All of them are gone. Kicker, kicker punter. Long snapper. Every, a long snapper. That's hard to lose all the guys. Yeah, because, I mean, really Blake Hayes punted for five years. James right. McCourt was the kicker for uh, three. Blaney. And then Ethan Tabell, I think he went his whole career without a bad snap. No, he's good. So that's, that's a problem, potentially. And another key to the success, and you could say it every year, is the beginning of the schedule. But you can really say it this year. This year, definitely. You know, you got Wyoming Damn. at Indiana, Virginia, and Chattanooga before the tough part they gotta gets be, here. Got to be if you're Illinois, you want to go to a bowl. Got to be three and one. Got to be three and one, and actually prefer to be a four and zero, which is doable. None of those teams are unbeatable for Illinois. But all of them, they could lose any of those four games, probably except for Chattanooga. And Chattanooga is probably better than we think, too. And, I mean, not to put, you know, be too hyperbolic, but, like, Illinois is going to play two games before most of the rest of college football right. plays a single snap. Like, if they're 2-0, and that's a huge advantage. Right. If they somehow, you know, go 1-1, one and one, which is possible, like, they could lose either of those games, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, it's – that just creates more difficulties as you get further down the schedule. But, Steve, you said it sort of said it. The back half of the schedule is brutal. Well, after those four, you've got at Wisconsin, home against Iowa, back-to-back, and then Minnesota for homecoming, followed by at Nebraska, Michigan State here, Purdue here, and then two ats at the end, Michigan and Northwestern. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, potentially. Again, if they're rolling, if they're 4-0 or 3-1, they feel a whole lot better by the back stretch than if they're 2-2 or or worse. Maybe a a different way to ask that is in what game – what Big Ten game that they'll be an underdog? Do they have the best chance of pulling an upset? And that, well, those are hard on, to find. Based on last year, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, that that game's here. They beat them last year on the road, and it is PJ Fleck. So there you go. He loses games he should not lose. He's lost to teams I can't believe they lost to. I think I've come to like him better as a coach, but I just don't like him very much. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. He's not quite as annoying. Well, he's still annoying, but I think they're a little bit better than I give him credit for. But still, that's a game they they can win. We'll talk some Illinois basketball when we come back after we take this time out at five forty. Monday night sports talk hour number two. Back with you after this. Got about fifteen minutes left on hour number two of Monday night sports talk. Steve Kelly with. Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, Matt Daniels is on vacation this week. Good for him and the family, a little family time. We'll talk to Illinois basketball here in a moment, but uh, recap 
the Open Championship briefly with uh, Cam Smith. Okay, wait, let me cut you off. I've not watched it yet. I taped it because I was going to be at Field of Dreams. Don't spoil it for me. Somebody won. It was cool. Somebody won. Yeah, I, know, of course. I heard. But <laughs> I tried to avoid it all day, and I got a message on my phone. Get, yeah, the guy won. I was like, okay, well, I started watching it last night and kind of fell asleep. But it looks awesome. He had an incredible final round. Right. It all came down to making putts or not making putts, and he made putts. I was just surprised at you know, how low everyone was able to go. I mean, you don't typically see those kind of scores in a in Well, a they didn't have any weather issues. Yeah, and that's, I mean, there's, always seems like there is a weather issue with the with the Open, either it rains or the wind blows 600 miles an hour. I love the Masters. Yeah. I love the Masters, but I have to say, watching British Opens at St. Andrews is like the best golf ever to me. I love the Masters. The Masters is great. But there, for some reason, it's just so unbelievable. And the University of Illinois had two guys in the top 35. It's not bad. Which is nice. Thomas Peters, 8 under par, after a 71 yesterday, finished tied for 28th. And Thomas Dietrich, another lad from Belgium, <laughs> was uh, tied for 34. He had a 68 yesterday, minus 7. So another good showing by those guys out on the the PGA Tour, even though this was technically not a PGA Tour event, but it certainly is maybe, I mean, you could argue this, that maybe the best golf tournament in the world, and this was the 150th version of the Open Championship. Yeah, and like, so, I mean, in the U.S., like we call it the British Open, but right. it, they call it the Open exactly. Championship. So the Ohio State University is yeah. kind of, I think, what And the winner that. is the golfer of the year. Championship Golfer of the Championship Year. Championship Golfer cool. of the Year. I missed the guy, the announcer. Uh, I can't remember. The old announcer. They he was it. there part of the time, not yeah. all the time. Yeah, they, they had two or three guys rotating over. But the guy was there originally. The guy was there forever. Was, yeah. Him calling the names, just awesome. Yeah. It just looks different. I think they, were, what they said they had 300,000 people there. Some crazy number there. It's yeah, pretty, 290, I think it was. Pretty, pretty awesome. It was. And they're hitting shots you don't see. See hit uh, normally. They're they're putting from a hundred yards off the green yeah. in some cases. Well, yeah, and the even fairways if, were faster than the greens. Yeah, and even <laughs> if they're on the green, sometimes they're putting about a half mile away. Yeah, well, they have at least two, maybe three double greens. Yeah, where you've got two holes on the same green, <laughs> you got to kind of keep Crazy. your eye open on incoming shots on the other hole. Basketball, July evaluation. Another weekend of uh, coaches getting out coming up. Is that right? Yeah. So. You know, kind of the big event this week as Peach Jam in North Augusta, South Carolina. That's Nike's, you know, kind of premier end of summer uh, event. It started uh, yesterday, uh, runs through the week, and then the coaches can get out here at the, the second half of this week. I believe that's their last evaluation period of the current recruiting calendar. Um, several Illinois targets, you know, competing you know, for the the top. You know, age group the Peach Jam Championship, but the team to watch is the is Main Street's Sixteens. Uh, so that's you got Merez Johnson, obviously he was committed to Illinois class of twenty twenty four, and then uh, his Saint Rita and Main Street's teammates James Brown, Nojus Indrositis, and then um, Carlos Harris, the point guard at Whitney Young, is also on that team who has an Illinois offer. Um, so that's kind of the if you're an Illinois fan, I think you can find these games streaming um, on the EYBL website, or if not, there's there's links everywhere. That's the team. If you you probably want to watch. What are you hearing about those other three Mean Streets guys as it pertains to Illinois? 
They've all got offers. Yeah, so um, start with Carlos Harrison. He's like was the more recent mm-hmm. one to get an offer in that class of twenty twenty four, and that's his recruitment's really only just begun. I think he had, he had an only offer, then like I think two other like low major offers. Um, no, just like that's a, a huge priority for Illinois. You know, six four, uh, at least for now. You know, guard you know, transferred to Saint Rita from Lamont you know, this summer. Um, you, you, know, got a, you got a comparison on him? I'm not like I'm not any good at player comps, but um, I just I like his game. Like he, you know, attacks the basket off the dribble, but I mean, still a good shooter. And what's really kind of interesting for him, he's getting some uh, at least the potential to have some international experience because he got um, a call up to the Lithuanian U16 training camp. Um, so uh, if he can make that team, I mean, that'd be huge because it's, uh, I mean, a to- totally different ball game. You know. Compete internationally, just a, another level. Uh, and then James Brown. I mean, I think if Illinois could pair the two St. Rita bigs together, like that's they would love to do that. Though. They'd love all these guys. Just make the <laughs> make their twenty twenty four class the St. Rita trio plus um, Zz Clark and call it a day. Um, but you know, James Brown just he keeps picking up high major offer after high major offer, and he's you know been ranked higher than Res Johnson. You know, all this time. Um, I think they're both, you know, super talented, young, very young guys. But uh, I mean, Merez is kind of like the the junkyard dog. Big, you know, James is, you know, he can move, get up. I don't know if either of them are a great shooter yet, but I mean, they're still like what fifteen, sixteen years old. But is Merez a little bit bigger version of uh, what we think we're going to see in Ty Rogers, as far as the junkyard dog kind of? Uh, yeah, I think, so. and just, he's got such a high motor, and like like Ty has that as well. They just go when they're on the court, and like you can't like you have to like want to do that. Like you can't teach it. Like either you know, a guy's gonna go hard or he's not. And Merez goes hard, and but he's skilled too. Um, good around the rim, can run the floor. I think his his jump shot is improving. I mean, something he's working on at six eight. Um, so that's a, be another wrinkle. And again, these guys have two more years of high school right. to figure this all out. Um, so their games will continue to evolve. But I think, I don't know if, I think, you know, Illinois could, again, get those three St. Rita guys, ZZ Clark, and who, I mean, who knows how many <laughs> scholarships are going to have open in 2024. Who knows how many they'll have next year. So Well, let's, uh, let's talk about next year because we kind of skimmed by that, the 2023 class. Yeah, there's nobody right. committed just yet. Um you know, Amani Hansberry is a guy that they've really, you know, go gone all in on. Six uh, eight, power forward, really you know, out of um, out of the Baltimore area. So you know, Chester Frazier's the the lead guy there. Um, I think Penn State has also made him a priority. You know, Michael Shrewsbury's like, you're going to be our guy in this class, and you know, he's visited there, visited Illinois on an official, um, but. Fits the mold, I think, of what Brad Underwood's looking for moving forward. And like he said, like if there's another Kofi Coburn out there, another seven foot, just physically dominant guy that maybe he's gonna turn into an all American, like they would pursue that. If not, they're they're fine with like looking for a versatile big and like Imani Hansberry, you know, his junior year at Mount Saint Joseph, um averaged a double double, like twenty like I don't know, it was like twenty three points, eleven rebounds, but he also averaged four assists per game, so he's uh, you know, cue the light bulb going off for Brad Underwood. Great passer, 
Um, and like they're looking for bigs like that. Um, the rest of the 2023 class, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, a lot of guys are already committed that they've targeted, and there might not be that many scholarships to fill. Right. There's going to be there's one open now, but they m- might not be open after midseason if there's a transfer available. Matthew Meyer can't come back anymore, so th- it could just be the two. Now, will there be more? Uh, probably. I mean, Coleman Hawkins could go to the NBA. Terrence Shannon could go to the NBA. Both have been projected, uh, at least a second-round pick so far. Um, so that that could dictate what Illinois does moving forward with the 2023 class. But if they only sign one freshman and then, you know, there's some open scholarships, they've got these young guys, these young guards. Maybe they fill the holes with transfers. And we should be – Hearing one of these days about the schedule, we they finally they made the official announcement last week on the Jimmy V Classic. We've known about that for a while. They're going to play Texas there, and I would think by what we do know, there can't be too many uh, games yet to fill in. I mean, there's really like I think f- five or six non-conference games. They'd all be home games against right. you know lower mid-major teams. Like that's that's all we don't know because you know, as Illinois goes to build a schedule. I mean, they're locked into 20 Big Ten games, locked into the Big Ten ACC Challenge, locked into bragging rights. They're going to play uh, multi-team events over the Thanksgiving week. Um, so that's two more games. Um, like They fulfilled their Gavit games quota. If that's renewed, then, again, there might be a game against the Big East team. So they don't have that many left to schedule. Um, and will those like wow people? And probably not. Would I like to see them do what they did with Arizona and get a home-and-home home against, like, a top team? Absolutely. And Arizona just did that with Duke. Right. Which is – it was interesting because, like, Coach K went away from scheduling those towards the end of his career. Like, just if they were going to be on the road before ACC play started, it was, like, Champions Classic and Big Ten ACC Challenge. Otherwise, not going to happen. And Champions Classic's a neutral. But um, I think – good teams should play each other more often moving up on 556 need to take our final break here on hour number two of monday night sports talk we'll do that and be back we'll tell you what's coming up in tomorrow's edition of the news gazette when we come back a couple of minutes before six o'clock we appreciate you listening to hour number two of monday night sports talk hour number one as well here on DWS as we get the week underway. Bob, what are you working on? What's, what can we see from you in the pages of the News Gazette coming up? Well, I got top 50s coming every day. That's right. Forever. And uh, <laughs> actually another well, for 48, 38 39 days, more days. Something like that. I got a couple done, but I got to do a lot of those. And I'm writing a column actually tomorrow about Champagne Central Reunion. 57-year reunion. Okay. Get that. Who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll look for that. What about you, Scott? Well, just getting back in the swing of things after yeah. vacation. You gotta kind of work your way slowly into that. But, <laughs> yes, uh, right. gotta pace yourself. Yeah, this weekend, Bob and I both will kind of we're teaming up on sort of a, a Big Ten football primer. Okay. Yeah, you know, just ahead of media days, but yeah, then kind of whatever else is happening, man. Hope for some basketball news. Maybe a maybe a commitment in the class of 2023. I'm not for all the fans listening. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but with recruiting, you never know. All right, fellas, appreciate it. Uh, Matt Daniels will be back with us next week after his vacation. Appreciate you listening. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly for Scott Ritchie and Bob Osmussen. 
Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.